He also talks with us about what we are doing this morning, explaining that we are to be grateful for what God has given us, telling us the importance of sharing what we have with others. Until finally, we arrive at our first stop, a small two-room cabin with a droopy front porch and wisps of smoke curling from a stone chimney. At the sound of the leaves crunching under our wheels, several children peer out the cabin's front window. A man, their father, ambles out warily, a cap shading his face as he eyes us. And the children, dressed in ragged sweaters and mismatched boots, follow hesitantly behind. Daddy quickly gets out of the jeep and extends his hand, smiling and introducing himself. By this time, the man has recognized my father. He tips his hat back, exposing a lined, leathery countenance, and takes Daddy's hand, shaking it firmly. The two men exchange a word or two. Then Daddy motions for us to get out of the jeep and bring one of the boxes. Together, my siblings and I walk over to the men and hand our father a gift box packed to overflowing. We smile politely. Not quite knowing what to do, we turn to the children and begin tossing a ball with them. I watch my father from a distance, dressed in slacks, an Eisenhower jacket, and a gentleman's hat. He is handsome and tall, but not intimidating. He gazes at the man in front of him, leaning in close to listen. His gestures are open and warm. He nods. His face shows concern and understanding. Looking on, I feel intense pride. This is my father. He is a good man, a kind man, and I love him dearly. Daddy puts his arm around the man's shoulder and they bow their heads for prayer. They shake hands again. The man moves back toward the cabin and Daddy toward the jeep. For a moment, they look at one another knowingly. Then each calls his children to come on. Merry Christmas, my siblings and I yell out to the children as we climb back into our vehicle. Starting the engine, Daddy turns to us and smiles. Well, he says, are you ready for the next house? Called to Love Before anything else, my father is an evangelist. He lives to reach out to people, touch their lives for good, and help them find God. This is what he was made to do. Evangelism is his passion and his joy. He flourishes doing it. For the 50-plus years of my lifetime, I have never seen my father waver in his purpose. A forward-looking man, driven by mission, he has maintained his focus, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout years of overwhelming challenge, responsibility, and turmoil on the world stage. He has remained passionate, single-minded, and committed, even today, as his body slows down, leaving him limited mainly to our home in Montreat. The evangelistic harvest is always urgent, he wrote in his memoir, quoting his opening address at the 1966 World Congress on Evangelism in Berlin. The destiny of men and of nations is always being decided. Every generation is crucial. Every generation is strategic. But we are not responsible for the past generation, and we cannot bear full responsibility for the next one. However, we do have our generation. 
God will hold us responsible at the judgment seat of Christ for how well we fulfilled our responsibilities and took advantage of our opportunities. These are the words of a visionary, a man who knew he had a work to do, a man with his destiny in mind. In fact, his memoir, Just As I Am, took years to assemble, in part because my father was not convinced that spending his time looking backward would help him meet the pressing needs of his call. He is not inclined to ruminate. He doesn't want to be distracted from his mission. And in the case of his memoir, he did not presume that the world would be clamoring to read a book about his life and ministry. Although he eventually conceded such a book could be helpful to others. How does one explain the decades of resolute intensity that my father has applied to evangelism? What has kept him motivated?